This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 156, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Hello there, friends, and welcome to session number 156 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. So I am going to continue sharing my experience at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego from last week. I did the five, I believe, was it five? I think it was seven takeaways. five or seven, I don't know, you got to go back to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 155 to get the info. (laughs) My mind's been kind of everywhere today. Anyway, so I met up with my friend, dancer, choreographer, entrepreneur, Danny Kalman. And it's so funny, because we had been planning this conversation for years. And we end up meeting at this conference, we both knew we were going to be there. So we planned this, but it turned out to be a really great thing because we were able to record live. And uh, I really enjoyed our conversation and being able to spend some time with him. So we talk about stuff like him dealing with haters as he's been putting himself out there more in the public eye and how he prepares for dance competitions and how he forces himself to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. I know you will learn stuff from him. And thank you so much for joining me. Some people sing in the rain, others dance in the rain. I say, why wait for the rain to dance? I'm Alex Suspides from the Project Book Podcast, and you're listening to the Dancepreneuring Studio with my good friend, Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. So, you know, I'm all about getting out of my comfort zone. And I talked about this. You could, And you're going to hear a bunch of background noise. So just to let you know, I am coming to you from Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. And I found that the last couple of podcasts that I've done live, meaning not live as in totally live, but live from the location with different people and not scripted out of my comfort zone, but so fun. I'm finding this to be really great. So I'm here in San Diego at Social Media Marketing World and uh, learning quite a bit. I wouldn't say learning anything totally new, but reaffirming things that I've already been thinking about, things that I've already done, but just kind of getting a different perspective and, and really getting reminded how important connection and authenticity and relationships are, regardless of whatever platform you're using. So here I am podcasting. And oh my gosh, what a treat. One of the highlights of being here is meeting my friend, Danny Coleman, who is a dancer, choreographer, entrepreneur. He is uh, doing some amazing things with uh, digital marketing and with his dance company. He's um, competing. He's doing all these things, cool things, not only in his dance career, but in, in his business as well. And he's finding things that have worked. He's not afraid to make mistakes, which, you know, we've had some great conversations just being here about putting ourselves outside our comfort zone and learning new things. And as dancers and artists, you are your brand regard, you know, you, you might be the best dancer with the most talent and all this, but if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't know how to market yourself, it really doesn't mean anything, especially in this day and age. So, um, Danny and I are going to have a conversation. We're sitting in the hallway. Oh gosh, 
Room 32B, we're outside the sun shining on us through these windows. I don't know if you've been to San Diego Convention Center, but it, it is a beautiful facility. This is a very well-run event and uh, lots to learn from just even from that, the way that the staff is running everything, the different people that this attracts. Danny, you were saying that you thought this was going to be a bunch of 20-year-olds, right? <laughs> that's that's a good way to start. Uh, I did. I expected the majority of people here to be in their low twenties, but I'm finding that that is absolutely not the case. So we got a bunch of OGs here in social media, and um, you know they've been around, so they know their stuff. So I'm kind of welcoming him in a in an interesting way, just already getting to the questions and stuff. But um, I'm really excited to have you hear from him because uh, we were in a conversation about how it's amazing when you start doing things, how the haters come out. You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, I'll be happy to. Let's see. That's my warm up question. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's let's roll with it. Uh, absolutely. I I have been fearful a lot of my life of making moves. And it's really just in the last few years that I started to make bigger moves and um, come out more in the uh, public eye. And I, I grew up in uh, actually Eugene, Oregon. So I, was, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I uh, very, very pacifistic up there. <laughs> uh, not, not a lot of aggression or... or, or um, you know, just not a lot of conflict, really. So moving down to Los Angeles, just to give you a little backstory, I'm from Oregon. I lived over in Jerusalem, then in Cairo, then in Tokyo, and then finally moved to Los Angeles six years ago for dancing. And in LA is when I started to, as I said, get more in the public eye. And my first experience with a hater coming out is uh, all around Los Angeles, there are these vehicles. Anybody from LA has seen these. They say two maids cleaning on them. Uh, and there are some related vehicles also that are a little more scandalous related to cleaning services. And um, I saw this, these advertisements everywhere and I thought that's a really great idea. And so I copied it. And I bought my first vehicle, I, I put a banner on it, parked it on a very busy street corner, and it worked really well. So I got another one, and then another one. And by the time I was on my third vehicle, the guy who runs the two maids business actually uh, called me, and he threatened me. And he, he said he was going to slash all the tires on all my vehicles. And... Uh, and, and, you know, the vehicles are already a lot of maintenance, and, and it was frightening. And I researched the guy, and I found out this guy is a thug. Like, he is not, he is not a, a, a good guy. He, he's so, so severe that local news station actually did an entire investigation and report on him. And, and just really bad stuff. In a big city, Los Angeles, like you come across some bad stuff. Uh, and I was terrified. And actually, one of my vehicles did have all the tires slashed. And I don't know if it was him. I, you know, I have my suspicions. Um, but that was my first experience of being actually actively threatened by a hater. And it really threw me for a loop. I had sleepless nights over that. And I was, I was scared even when I would go um, do maintenance on the vehicles or move them or tend to them. And I was, you know, I was thinking about that for months, maybe half, oops, I was thinking about that. It was, was the rest of it good? The sound? That's, it was okay? It's fine. Just close, yeah. Okay. Got it. Should I put my mouth on the little foam thing? Get, yeah. Get up on <laughs> Get on it. All right. I'm on it. I'm on it. Is it too loud? No, it's fine. Okay. So I, um, 
I was scared about that for months and months and, 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 and it was not pleasant. And then in the dance world, I started getting more in the public eye and, you know, every now and then people leave a, a little rude comment, you know, like anonymous trolls and things like that. And that's, that's no big deal. You know, it happens. Sometimes you just delete them. One time I responded, I thank them for taking the time to, uh, read my post and, and have a reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he uh, he instantly sent me a direct message on Instagram and apologized and said something ridiculous like, "Oh, it was a joke for my client or something." Um, but then he removed the comment himself because I was going to leave it up. So, and one of the speakers here was talking about that too, Guy Kawasaki, who's extremely outspoken, and he was joking about how he deals with the, the haters and deletes them and reports them, and he doesn't worry about it at all. Um, so things like that are small, but you know, then there are more severe things too. And, um, even in my, my private life in the dance world, uh, you know, I had some people extremely close to me turn on me and, and get malicious as well. And, um, again, I was shocked and so taken aback and, and, and honestly scared too. Um, but now I am understanding that that is the nature of, growing and pushing yourself into the world and being in the public eye. Somebody made a great point. Look at what celebrities deal with. Oh my gosh. You know, and we see that a lot in Los Angeles. You know, they are people. They're people. They're not robots. They're not aliens. You know, they deal with these emotions too. And they develop, well, most of them, unless they have a breakdown, uh, develop a thick skin for it. And now I understand that this is going to happen. It's never your intention to make it happen. So, you know, my approach is the best thing I can do is move through the world uh, with my values, with as much integrity as possible, and with my belief systems. And as long as I stick to that, uh, if somebody doesn't like something that is going on or that I'm doing, um, that's that's just how it's going to be. And now I'm more prepared for it. So I would tell my young, if I could speak to my younger self, that's what I would tell myself. Just know that it's going to happen. So this also goes along the lines of something that you've recently started doing. Actually, for a little while now, we talked about the other day uh, with um, getting uncomfortable every day. That whole process, the whole uh, checklist and processes that can you talk about that? Because that is really cool. I do something similar myself. And you had said that, oh, my gosh, um, what how amazing it's been for your growth. Can you tell us about that? I think it's cool you brought that up. Yeah, it has completely changed my life. I keep KPIs for my life. KPIs are key performance indicators or metrics. <laughs> and every December, I assess what is going to be important to me in the coming year. So it can be uh, outcome-oriented things. I want to achieve XYZ or process-oriented things. Uh, I want to do ABC every day or every other day or something like that. I'll give you some examples. I track... Uh, what class did I take a ballet class today? Did I take a, a ballroom class? Did I teach a private lesson, a public lesson? Did I work out? Did I do my physical therapy for my injuries? Um, for nutrition, did I drink alcohol? Like I'm not against it, but it's also not good for me. So I, I track it. <laughs> did I, um, eat, did I have wheatgrass? Uh, other categories, did I post to Facebook? Did I post to Instagram? Consistency is so crucial. I track that. Um, at the end of every day, I go to my Excel spreadsheet. This is so geeky. Oh man. I, I, 
I think it, it probably is rare. Yeah, yeah. But oh man, I love Excel. Everything goes on Excel. Man, if you don't know Excel, you got to learn Excel for whoever's listening. That, 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 that software is a game changer. Or Google Sheets if you like, but Excel is powerful. Yeah, something, something, man. So I track these. I, um, I track these at the end of every day. I keep these metrics. So for 2018, a metric that I added was the number of things I did in a day that made me uncomfortable. And it can be something uh, greatly uncomfortable, a big thing, or it can be a tiny little thing, anything at all. And as soon as I do it during the day, I write a note on my phone, I did that. And then I put it at the end of the day in Excel and I write what I did, what my fears were before doing it, whether those fears came true or not, and sometimes you don't know, and then any emotional reactions to it or any patterns that I see emerging. This action, this process has changed my life so tremendously, even in the first two months of doing it, because we're at the beginning of the year right now. So, so powerful. I, I feel like I tapped into uh, something so profound and just found this golden nugget that was just hiding there and I never knew it, but it's just been incredible. Uh, and so, yeah, I would recommend that anybody do that. The thing that is important about this too, besides what the, the consisting consistency with it is that what gets to me, what gets measured gets improved and you're, you're constantly measuring and whether this kind of system works for you or something else, it's that focused attention and intention of what the end result is, right? So what would you say for, let's see, what? Oh, I have more to say. Oh, you do? Okay. This is really funny. See, this is what I mean about live. It's like, okay, we're sharing a microphone. We're <laughs> sitting on a bench in front of the, co the convention center. So this is kind of, uh, I, I like this though. I, I, I'm really hoping not to have to edit much. I don't think I will actually. But anyway, okay, wait, Danny wanted to say more about this. So I'm going to pass the microphone to him. <laughs> I guess I should talk about some of the, the results or realizations I've had from this. Yeah, so, so here's what some patterns that I've seen emerge. Uh, most of the times the fears I had don't come true. Uh, sometimes I don't know, which means that it doesn't really matter or it's going to take time to know. And occasionally, the, the minority of the time, they do come true. But when that's the case, I tend to not care after it's done. It kind of actually doesn't matter. So the fear of it is uh, much more debilitating than the thing actually happening. That is such a powerful pattern to recognize and have in the, the front of your mind at all times. And then another pattern I see emerging is the source of my fears. Uh, a lot of times it would be feeling that a situation would be awkward or feeling that I would be judged or um, retaliated uh, against, that, that a certain person would retaliate. And it was the same one or two or three people a lot of the time. And you realize, wow, I'm giving that person so much power in my life, which is absurd. So you bring these to the surface and you see them visually in front of you and make them tangible and then they lose all their power. And even just in two months, you know, something that is uncomfortable today, two weeks from now will be comfortable. It won't even make it to my list. It's, in it's incredible. I just can't even believe it. And, and, you know, thought leaders, big thought leaders speak about this too. They say, you know, success is directly correlated with 
the the uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. I think Peter Drucker said that he's you know management expert. Or uh, you have to be com- get comfortable being uncomfortable to be successful. And and it's already pushed me to do new things in this year, and it's just going to accelerate. What would you uh, say, or actually, um, as you're talking about this, I was thinking about your whole performance career. How do you prep for your performances and your competitions? What, what do you do for your mindset? And has this helped with that? Or do you have another process for that? That's a great question. I would say uh, this helps for when I'm willing to put myself on stage. Uh, I see a lot of people, including some of my previous dance partners, who are fearful of putting themselves on stage or dancing in front of people. And I get it. You know, sometimes I still get butterflies in my stomach. Um, but for me, I found at the end of the day, you just got to stop caring and just get out there. And, you know, it's it's just life and part of the process. And if it's imperfect, it's imperfect. It's never perfect. Now, who looks at their dance performances and say, oh, says, oh, that was perfect. You know, ra- rarely. May- on occasion, maybe. Most of the time, I don't think so, even even at the professional level. I don't think so, if people are going to be real. Um, so that's what I would say in terms of comfort with it. And then you're asking just in general about preparation for, for shows? Yes. Do you have a, a routine? Do you go through a routine before you get on stage or before mm. you to compete? Mm. That's a really interesting question. I, I do. So in times when I'm doing a choreography that's very physically demanding – I will prep my body backstage. And I used to be a personal trainer at uh, Equinox in Los Angeles, which is a very, very high-level gym, very um, expensive gym here. And I got a great education there. Uh, Thank God. I'm so grateful for it. And um, one thing they talked about was the the second wind, as we say. Sometimes when you're exercising and you feel a second wind all of a sudden. Well, that's that's a real chemical reaction in your body. And actually, you're stronger on that second wind than on the first wind. Uh, I do not remember all the chemistry behind it. I, I just remember and know that it's a real thing. So backstage, what I'll do is I will physically pump myself up. I'll do push-ups, burpees, if you know what those are. It's like push-ups and jumping, or if people know what that is who are listening. Um, all sorts of stuff. And that will start to get my adrenaline pumping. And then I give my few minute, myself a few minutes to calm down. And then by the time I'm ready to exercise again or go on stage, I have more power. Uh, and then the other thing is right before I go on backstage, I'm always waiting for the other performers to finish unless you're first on the stage. Uh, and I will dance to whatever music is coming on by myself, just solo. And that gets me out of my head and in my body. So I can remember well, I'm here to have fun, even in a competition, what really matters. I need to enjoy the process. Um, so I really focus on getting in my body. With partners, I've seen partners prepare in many different ways. One partner, my process, it drove her crazy. Oh, she hated it. She 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 was so nervous. She said, she said, no, I need you here by my side. Do not go over there and do push-ups. You need to be right here. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for her. And I said, no, I need to do push-ups because I need to get pumped up. <laughs> so I, you know, I think people have different approaches. And it's finding what works for you. Like, you know, you found some things that work for you. Can you talk about, um, since we are at Social Media Marketing World, what has been one of your big takeaways so far? This is both our first time here. And some of the information is very basic and some not so much. We've learned some new things probably. What is one of your biggest takeaways right now um, in terms of how you're going to apply it to your business? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a great question. Uh, Guy Kawasaki's speech really stuck with me. And one, the very first thing that he said is to uh, take a stand on things. And this is really interesting. He's extremely outspoken and, and he will take a, a hard line on any topic, uh, political, whatever it may be. And he even said, you know, maybe you don't need to be as extreme as me, but take a stand on things. And, you know, it ties into that thread that we're talking about with being uncomfortable. Um, and it ties into other presentations also. The, the theme that keeps coming up is people say, when you post online, evoke emotion. Emotion, emotion, emotion. We are fortunate as dancers because what we do is naturally visual. So we have very easily have fodder for, um, uh, for, for Instagram, YouTube, whatever it may be. Um, but what are you writing in the description? You know, is it, here's a dance or is it, I fell in love with this girl last night after this dance or here's a funny moment where we screwed up or this girl's extension is a mile high. And I dragged her across the floor in a split. I'm thinking of recent posts, <laughs> but <laughs> but these these are these are descriptions that I posted, and the stories and the ones that evoke emotion. That's what that's what people react to. That's what makes people feel. Um, taking a stance on things, uh, maybe polarizing, so some people might not like you. And you, you know, you have to decide how polarizing you want to be or don't want to be. Um, but polarization is the same as evoking emotion. And a good or bad, emotion is emotion. And people react to it. Um, now, at the end of the day, is it all about getting reactions? No. I, I mean, everybody has their own mission. You know, for me, it's important to inspire people. Yes. You know, that, that's a really crucial thing. And everybody has their own, their own reasons. Um, there's my answer. Well, I like that you brought that up because there is there are people that polarize just for the sake of polarizing because they think that's what they're supposed to do and they want that reaction. But I think if you're being and, and I hate to there, there is another word for authentic, real, whatever, because there you want to be authentic because of authentic sake, not because you're trying to be real. It's not tr you just you just have to be who you are. There's, I think there's a difference. And I think people can see that. Yeah, I think authenticity is absolutely crucial. Um, and, and the, you know, the people who are purposely polarizing online, uh, I, you know, I, I think actually that is a lot of times their authentic self coming through. Um, and, you know, even though we might be annoyed by certain posts, um, I got to respect it because these people are extremely effective at what they do. And it's like, well, we're sitting here talking about... We haven't mentioned any names, and it doesn't matter, but we're talking about them. Well, who's sitting around talking about us? <laughs> so, I, you know, anybody who's bold and courageous and putting themselves out there, um, I got to respect it. Yes, I so hear you on that. And um, this has really been interesting being around so many different types of marketers and people that either have their own businesses or work for businesses, and their perspectives are all different, even though we are talking about marketing and social media and stuff like that. How do you think this will change or add to what you're already doing in your business? This particular event? I have 25 pages of notes already. We got, uh, we got uh, four more hours of the conference. 
uh, I will go home and review the notes and decide what actions to take now and in the midterm and long term, and and then re- review the notes again. It's it's important. That's my answer. <laughs> All right. So now I have to ask, uh, since we're getting close to the uh, session starting, but um, I wanted this to be definitely more about this event since we are here recording live. And um, I like this. This is fun. <laughs> so, Danny, I have this thing called the Dancepreneuring Quick Step. There are three questions. <laughs> so the first one is dance style you haven't tried but would like to and why? It's a great question. Uh, I want to say... Uh, ballroom dance which is interesting most for years and years and years people say do you dance are you a ballroom dancer no (laughs) I just dance with a frame and I dance tall (laughs) Uh, it's almost not fair to answer that because I have actually started training in ballroom a little bit but I'm going to use that answer anyway (laughs) so the second question is who is your favorite dancer or choreographer and why I'm amazed by Derek Huff he has just accomplished so much. Um, I actually read his biography a, a couple months ago, too. He published a book pretty recently, actually. And it was really interesting to hear about him as a kid and growing up. And he was a troublemaker. And he he was sent off to live with this other family. And, and that's kind of where he got his roots in dancing. It's a pretty interesting story. He is so focused on inspiring people and being a positive light in the world. Uh, I'm I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. And and I, yeah, yeah, and I go to a lot of his events, and I volunteer at his events, and and Derek is at his events all the time too, still, again and again and again, and it's so I know that soon I'm gonna meet Derek. Uh, there are about four to five connections where I'm one connection removed from him, so it, I I just know it's gonna happen soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he's just a really focused on being a positive force in the world. Well, that's interesting. You brought up the whole thing with the connections and, and also uh, him being consistently at these. Ev- it says something when you go to an event over and over and over again, because there's always something new you can learn. If it's, you know, if it's resonating with you, I feel the same way with uh, Brendan Burchard's events. I've been to one and I want to go to all of them. And I want and I have friends that are certified coaches with him that go over and over and over because they resonate with his content. So it's pretty effective. Should, should we inform people who Derek Huff is also? Oh, I th- oh well, I'll link it in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com, and then I'll also link Danny's information in the show notes as well, so you'll be able to find him. But the third question is, um, what is the dance style that currently describes your day right now and why? <laughs> a, a dance style that... Um, my, a normal day or today? Oh, that's funny. Tap dance. <laughs> because I'm bouncing around. <laughs> Ex- meet, meeting lots of random people, exploring whatever room looks good in the moment. <laughs> I guess we'll go with that. <laughs> so it's tap. I don't get too many tap. I get a lot of uh, other stuff. But anyway, so um, we are going to end here. But if you want to find Danny online, I will link his information at the show notes at AnnetteBone.com. And uh, stay tuned. I'm sure you'll be seeing a lot more of him as he is developing his brand and his business. And thank you so much. I'm so glad. You know, we have been talking about this for the last couple of years. And, and, and it takes us going to San Diego to meet in person finally. 
but I'm actually going to participate in one of his programs later. I have some other stuff I got to do first, but um, I'm really excited because um, another phase in my dance journey that I get to explore. So Danny, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm glad, like you said, it took us a few years to make this happen, which is entirely on me. And I love that it happened randomly down here in San Diego. So thank you. Um, on Instagram, it's Danny Kalman, which is K-A-L-M-A-N. Love to connect with people. I try to respond to every message that I can. Um, and then I just opened a YouTube channel. Also, youtube.com slash Danny Kalman. And we are out. So this being my birthday month, I really don't like to talk about birthdays, like not because of the age thing, but because it's, oh, I don't know, I, it's just kind of uncomfortable for me. So why not do it? Right? <laughs> this, I think this is the first time I've talked about it publicly. Anyway, March is my birthday month, and I'm actually doing a special that uh, will only be available on March 22nd, which is my birthday, March 22nd. And uh, I will be announcing details next week, probably, maybe the week after. I'm not sure. Let's see. I, I got to look at the dates. Anyway, so if you want to find out more about it, stay tuned, obviously, for the next episode. But if you'd like to continue this conversation, you can do so by requesting access to the Dance Printering Collective on Facebook, my private Facebook group. And just send me a message and I'll add you. I'm not a fan of being added to groups without my permission. So I will never add you <laughs> to a group. I hate that when that that's done to me. Oh my gosh, it's one of my pet peeves. Anyway, so if you want to stay in the know about this special I'm going to be offering on my birthday, March 22nd, then stay tuned to the next episode and join my private Facebook group. I would really love to get to know you better. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review, and for you to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. And that way I can continue approving it and get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. So until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to spending time with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.